You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 308 with Elise Knox. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Elise on the show today. I wanted to have Elise on the show specifically at this time of year because I think having preteens and teens as they go into the school year, as we are, um, it might be challenging in the summer and in during the school year, but I think there's something with that transition, that change going into school, especially if they're new to the middle school, new to the high school, and you just see all of these pressures come on that you didn't see before. And so I know for me, um, that's been a change having my daughter go into middle school and just having her get used to a new schedule, having after school sports and time management, and then you know, hormones and all of that kind of stuff. And, and navigating that as a mom um, is not always easy and you don't want to get sucked into that rabbit hole. So I wanted Elise to come on because she's going to share with us um, ways that you can support yourself, uh, ways that you can support your teens. Um, also just some steps to listening to your kids without judgment, as well as how to communicate and connect with them even when it might be challenging. So if you have friends that are in this season of life, please share this episode. I hope this inspires you uh, to be able to like just navigate this journey a little bit more seamlessly and it just go a little more smooth and without you being dragged in and, you know, just matching their attitude, right? Like being able to rise above it and, and see like, what do they need? What do you need in this time? Um, So I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Elise, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. So I like to ask icebreakers to start off the show, and I just like to leave my listeners feeling inspired. So what is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self? Hmm. I love this question, and it's a challenging one, but I think um, I would tell myself to, like, be true to my truest self more. Mm. What does that look like for you when you say that? So I had the very interesting and uh, challenging experience of being an exchange student in Italy when I was in high school. Oh, And um, I was a pretty challenged teenager. I really like uh, took teen all of the things that people talk about teenagers, I took all of them like to the furthest possible wow. level. I gotcha. Yes. <laughs> and so, but I have this really interesting, um, like kind of juxtaposition of my life in the small town that I grew up in, that I was very much in the party scene and the social scene and mm. that. And yeah. then I removed myself and lived in a foreign country for 10 and a half months with people that I didn't know. And I have like journals and letters and so many things from that time as well. And when I look back at them now, what I see is when removed from the social pressures, I've always been like this uh, kind, loving, honest person who wants every you know wants the best for everybody and when in that social um soup of teenage years that I was in that was like not nowhere nowhere near me for Mm. a lot of my time wow that's really interesting so do you feel like the friends and stuff that you were hanging out with they weren't bringing that 
out in you or what do you think it think it was? Uh, yeah, I would say yes. And a combination mm. of, of that. And then my desire to be really different than my family mm. and to fit into this, these, this group that was very different than the way I had been raised. And so I wouldn't necessarily blame the, the people that I was with as much as like that teenage, um, desire and lack of understanding of like, cause now looking back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, my family was I can't believe my mom even, you know, like these families that I desired to be a part of were struggling a little bit more than mine and were maybe a little bit more challenged, mm. but I thought they were like so cool. And oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's a, a very interesting. And then I've actually just recently like gone back and read some of the letters from my mom and some mm. of my journals. And I'm like, wow, I was so like. It, I was the same me all along, but I was just kind of lost under a lot. Wow. Of stuff. Well, and yeah, you know, I like that you said that because, you know, I think moms that are dealing with high schoolers and teenagers right now, that maybe they could see that in their child and, you know, that struggle. And so that's pretty cool um, that you had that experience. I did not have that experience. So um, this is why it's so great to have a podcast and have other people on because, you can speak to something completely different than what I experienced. And that's probably what makes you good at what you do, you know, because you've gone this journey. Like um, I'm a life coach and I really love helping moms um, lose weight for the last time. I lost over 50 pounds in 2019. I've kept it off. And so for me, it's like, I know that journey. Um, So it's, I love when people have these journeys and then they turn it around and then they're able to help other people you know, because they know what it's like. And so I think that's really cool. That's, I've never have had someone answer like that. Um, so I think that's really neat. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay, let's jump into it. And then it will make sense to all the listeners um, what you do and, and why that was an interesting um, comment that you had and how it ties into everything. But tell us your first and last name, where you live and how many kids you have. Yes. Yeah, so my name is Elise Knox. And I live in Auburn, California, which is um, a medium-sized town between Sacramento and North Lake Tahoe. Mm. And I have a two daughters, Stella and Mirabelle, and they're six and nine, and then a 24-year-old stepson who nice. lives with us like half and half and now okay. lives in Oregon. Okay, cool. All right. So your girls are like the same age difference as mine. So, but they're just yeah. eight and 11. So that's cool. Um, yeah. Okay. So Elise, how about you share with us to how you got to where you are today? So you got, you gave us an idea, a glimpse into your life of a high schooler. Um, and is that right? High school or was it college that you did? High school. High school. Yeah, okay. High school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that kind of gave us a little bit of, you know, an insight into your life. Um, but share with us how you got to where you are today and who you end up um, who is your clientele? Who do you help and, and why you decided to do what you do? Yeah. So I am a life and wellness coach also. Um, and I work with parents of teens, mostly moms, but I don't discriminate if dads want to work with me too. And I also work with teens. So I have, um, my journey to where I am is that I used to be a middle school teacher Um, and then when I had my kids, I wanted to stay home and be a stay at home mom. 
And I had an autoimmune condition that started when I was 22. And so I somehow found functional health and then functional health coaching. And I got my, I became a certified functional health coach and um, ended up getting a position in a middle school and high school coaching teens. And that wasn't like the direction I was going, but um, it was a, it was a really cool opportunity. And while I was doing that, I was like, wow, none of these kids have uh, health, functional health challenges. They all have very much life related challenges. So I went back and got my life coaching certificate. And, and then now I'm, I'm working on my own and I work with, so I'm not at the school anymore. And I work with teens and then I work with moms of teens. And then there's always, if I'm working with a teen, there's always a family component because what I found was missing in the school was that I would work with these teens and we'd make progress and things would be going really well, but they were returning to their family lives, which I didn't have a lot of contact with the families usually. And um, so I just noticed that like, just coaching the teen wasn't as effective as mm. coaching the teen and having the parent on board. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So that's why I'm going to, um, that's why I wanted to have you on today. And I'm going to kind of talk to you about things that I noticed for myself that I can see as a struggle. And then, you know, have you kind of share um what might help other moms that you've seen with your clients and stuff like that. Um, but I'll tell you, so my oldest is 11. She's in sixth grade. That's middle school here outside of Nashville. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just having to navigate this whole preteen world and middle school. And I, honestly, I don't think I prepared myself. Like I, I feel like I was like, okay, she going to handle this, whatever. What I didn't realize is how much it was going to impact me. And how much it was going to change my life. And I can see that there's this shift during this season of life. And um, especially with school starting back up, I feel like there's so many emotions going on, you know, going from elementary into like a middle school where you have lockers and stuff like that. For us growing up, uh, I grew up in Michigan and you had seventh and eighth grade. So you had a junior high. So sixth grade was still part of elementary school. So for me, I'm like, that seems so young. Like I can see how... Uh, that just seems young for them to have to transition like this and jump into it and do all the different classes and whatnot. Um, and then having to do time management. Um, my daughter does volleyball, so she's doing that every day. So then jumping into middle school, getting used to all the classes, changing classes, having different teachers, having all this homework or tests, and then having volleyball on top of that, staying up later to do uh, homework or study and meltdowns happening. And you're just kind of like, what is happening right now? And then they're just like mad at life, mad at you. And then you're trying to not react and that's not always easy. And so I would love to share with you. I would love for you to share with us suggestions on how to help moms kind of just like remain calm, but also the best way to support our kids during this phase of life. Because I can tell it is very easy to get sucked into that vortex of like, oh man, like they're spinning out of control and then they're like mad and they're spouting off and they're just like irritated and they're just like, you ruined my life. You wanted me to do volleyball. Da, da, da. And I'm like, ah, and then I want to say mm -hmm. stuff and I'm thinking this isn't going to help. Um, so, so with that specifically, like that change, right. And it could be high school, most likely if it's college, they're away at college. So you're not dealing usually with them. Um, 
what is your suggestion on not getting sucked into their emotions and all that stuff, even if they're blaming you? Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so this is, I think that um, there's so many different phases of parenting. And, and what I noticed since I work in the teen parenting and teen space is that, um, you know, there's so much support for new moms and moms of toddlers. And then we go through that phase, which I'm kind of in right now that some people call the honeymoon phase where like they can do a lot of things for themselves and they're not yet, they haven't yet reached adolescence. So the hormones and like the big transitions that you're going through haven't happened yet. But then we move into the next phase, which I would like argue to say that it's almost more challenging than new mom and toddler stage because there's such a mental component. And it's so, you know, when they're little, you're physically exhausted, but when yep. they're this, when they're this age, you're really having to navigate big emotions mm-hmm. in them and in yourself. Yes. So that's like the, that's the big shift is, and like your emotional response to them <laughs> is they're so much more able to see it and pick up on it. And then yeah. Yes. React back to mm-hmm. it. Whereas a toddler might just be like, okay, now my mom is upset and crying, but I'm still, you know, like yeah. it's different. It and is. So you need like emotional regulation on your own part as a mom during <laughs> yeah. this time. Yeah. Is imperative because um you do need to be that like that co-regulation for them so that they know they can come to you because you still want to be their safe place of everything's going crazy at school and I'm behind on things and I'm overwhelmed and I'm stressed and volleyball and this and that. And they need to be able to come home and express that and know that you're going to like hold that space and not take it personally and um, be able to be with them in their big emotions and not go into them yourself. Do you feel like you can achieve so much in life, but your weight loss? Maybe you feel like you're stuck and you want to leave counting calories and dieting behind, or maybe you find yourself spending so much energy thinking about how to lose weight, what to eat, and even can you keep this off if you get to goal? I know for me, that was the case before 2019 when I lost over 50 pounds and I kept it off. And I want to help you lose weight the way that I did it. I want to help you figure out why is the weight a symptom for something else going on in your life? Because did you know that the weight gain is not usually based off of hunger issues? It's usually because you're not fulfilled in other areas of your life. So we go for food because it's a quick dopamine hit or a quick fix. So if you want to figure out how to live life without worrying about going to a party or going on vacation or staying in other people's homes without gaining weight, then this session is for you. How it works is you jump on a 30-minute coaching session with me. We come up with a plan right then and there so you can implement it the moment we get off our Zoom call. If you decide that you want to work that plan with me and have that weekly accountability for several months and dive deep to figure out what is really holding you back, we can do that too. But there is no pressure to do that. If you just want to jump on and chat with me and get your plan, that is a-okay. These mini coaching sessions are my way to give back to you guys. So I hope you take advantage of it. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at Mom Inspired Living. Or if you know this is something you really have been wanting to do, but you've just been sitting on the fence, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching. 
and grab a day and time that works for you. If you can't find a day or time that works for you, you can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or message me at mominspiredliving, whatever works best for you. This will all be in the show notes so that if you forget what I just said, go to the show notes and you'll get all that information. I can't wait to chat. Now let's get back to the show. Yes. You know, I was saying this, uh, I've been saying this for a little bit that I can tell that we're moving out of it's physically tiring, like with small children, mm-hmm. babies, toddlers, all that kind of stuff into emotional and, um, and intellectual, like tiredness. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, mm-hmm. and it is very different. And, and I think it's hard too when, because I wouldn't have understand until now I'm here. Um, mm-hmm. I would think, it's probably not that bad. Like having babies and toddlers is so hard. You're just like waiting for nap time. You're waiting for seven thirty, seven o'clock to roll around. You can put them to bed earlier. Um, and you have to do everything, change their diapers, put their shoes on, cha- you know, change. It's just like changing their clothes if they get it messy or have a blowout or whatever. And that just seems exhausting. Okay. Something like, I don't know. It is very hard to explain. And I think if you were talking to somebody with just small children, they probably would look at you insane and they probably would be like, okay, no, this is harder. And like, you really shouldn't be complaining. I could see how that could happen. It's, it's so interesting because I feel like so much of it is emotional stuff too, that you're exhausted in a way of like being exasperated almost. You're kind of like, why is this so tiring? Like where you understand it with small kids, I think because it's Mm -hmm. physical. And so I don't, this is what I mean that I think people aren't quite prepared. And so, um, I don't know, it's daunting. It's like, I can't quite figure out like how to explain it. It's like, you almost have to, I think it's what you just somehow one day you wake up and you're like, Oh, my kid is kind of acting like this. You already kind of get that the tone that it starts changing a little bit, um, the hormones a little bit. And even before puberty, it's like before that, slightly before that. And I don't think people know how to manage it. And then I think they're exhausted. And then also they're not going to bed early. So there is no like, yes, they're at school, right? They're at school, but, but now you're like, I'm staying up later and I'm totally stressed out right before I go to bed. Like, this is great. Yeah. And so I just wonder what do you, what, what do you want to like tell moms or maybe to prepare them um, that they're not really anticipating this? You know, you think about having a baby, you're like, I know I'm not going to have sleep. I know that they're not going to be able to talk and what, like you kind of have those milestones that you know you're going to have to go through, but I don't think you have these milestones with kids this age. So you're kind of like, oh shoot, I don't, I wasn't anticipating what this was going to look like. Yeah. For sure. I think that um, knowing, I think like there's a few like really important things and they're not like easy to say them and, you know, they're simple, but not easy. Yeah. Um, Really focusing on your self care. I know that word is a little bit like a blown out of proportion and, and can be misconstrued. But what I mean by that is like, you're checking in with yourself. Maybe you have a journal. Maybe you, you know, have some mindfulness practice that you do. Maybe you have a dance class or a yoga class. Like you have really close friends. You have this, this like anchoring into yourself that you, that is a non-negotiable because we can get really wrapped up in our, in the ups and downs of our children and I work with teens and I work with parents of teens 
So if there's one thing that is guaranteed, it's that it's like a roller coaster ride of ups and downs. And so if 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 you're if that's what your everyday experience is, how do you have like what in your life is kind of stable that you're always checking back in with yourself and anchoring back into yourself so that when it's really high or it's going down really low, you're like, okay, like I'm I'm with you, but I'm not riding the roller yes, coaster. Yes. Yeah. You. Yeah. I like that. Um anchoring yourself so that you're not just going with them, you know, down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And, and I, and I like what you're saying too, about m- managing, um, your emotions, also managing your mind, which is easier said than done. And, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I can do a really great job. And then sometimes I notice, oh man, I just like went right into that ride. Like, what? Well, like before you even <laughs> realize it, you're like, oh, I just buckled up and went on that roller coaster, um, mm-hmm. before you could even catch yourself. So I, yes. So I think that's great is to really kind of like, what are you doing for yourself? Mindfulness, um, anchoring yourself so that you're not going into that, you know, wave with them going underwater, drowning with them. Right. And so, um, I wanted to ask you, okay, so I think too, it's so easy, um, to judge our kids in this phase, like their choices that they're making, what they're doing. I was talking to you about this before we started recording that I noticed in middle school, there is this change over that they specifically do not give the parents a lot of information. It's nothing like elementary. You're not getting all these emails from each teacher. And um, it's to set them up to learn responsibility. So they kind of do fail a little bit, but they're, it's like in a smaller way. But as a parent, especially when you're coming off of elementary school, it's hard to not feel like, oh my gosh, like I need to help you. I need to step in and, and you don't want them to drown too much, but you're kind of like, but they kind of need to learn this because if you keep trying to do everything, they're not going to know. Um, so that's been a challenge for me because I could see my daughter was freaking out. She left something at school or she forgot to bring her Chromebook to school or she didn't know something might've been due. And because it's all having to rely on her, it's not me going, okay, do you have this? Do you have that? And that's been challenging. And I'm sure there's other things that um, would come up for parents that they would be judging their kids on. So how how do you listen to everything that's going on with the kids without completely, you know, having all this judgment um, on them? Yeah. Um, so there's so many, like, bless the school's heart for trying to, <laughs> to make the teens grow up quicker, the adolescents grow up quicker. Um, and like that, that push pull is like all of what's happening in adolescence. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, it's just like preparing you for every next step, you know, that's coming. But so I really love to, when I'm thinking about adolescence, um, with my own children or when I'm working with parent mom clients is one thing that's happening in your teen's brain is that they're starting to be able to um, think about things in a more abstract way. And so they may have either like meltdowns for what's going on at school and they forgot something, or they may have ideas that you might think are a little bit crazy. And um, it's very easy to, in both situations, crazy idea, you're like, that's a crazy idea. Or but I left my thing at school, like go into fix it mode. 
And what your teen is really desiring at this time of life is usually to be heard. Mm. And so, but like we mentioned, like we talked about, like you're coming out of, of the, of the years of being the fixer and Mm. being the provider and being the one who knows the answers to most things. And then you're coming into this place where they don't always want you to be that anymore. They want to figure things out on their own, even though it's hard. And so um, I have like this three step process that I just like think about in my mind and share with people. And so it goes CBA. So the first thing is to clarify. Mm -hmm. And so when they're coming to you with something, you clarify what they want from you in that situation. So do they want your support? Do they want you to just listen? Do they want your advice? Do they want like an answer? Mm. Because there's a really good chance, even when it's like, I forgot something at school yeah. and you jump in and you're like, okay, then let's go get in the car and we're going to do this. And they're like, like, that's not what they wanted from you. They just wanted you to like be with them and yep. listen to them. Yeah. And maybe down the road you could get in the car, but at that moment, what they wanted was just compassion. Yes. Yeah. And so when you ask them, it can be, it can feel a little weird at first, but it gives, it, it also puts puts the ball in their court and they get to think about like, what do I want from this Mm. situation? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that is, I, yeah, I feel like that is so hard. It's like just letting them just start really kind of like experience life through their lens, not just always through our lens. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. it's so easy to kind of like be like, want to control it. Right. And then Mm -hmm. I think because we want to control it, then we're judging it. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's, that's so perfect. Um, I'm curious, um, in regards to like communicating and connecting with your teen, um, Mm -hmm. what is your suggestion, um, that you have found with working with other, you know, teenagers and parents, like, where do you think the breakdown happens? Um, with communication and then we can break it and then we can break it down and make it a two part, um, how do you then go about connecting with them, especially if they don't really think that's super exciting to connect with your parents anymore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you want to connect with them uh, in and communicate with them in in the way that they um, they are changing into and evolving into like their new self in some ways, you know, yeah. same self but new new way, new desires, new interests. And so I think that that's something that we as parents have a lot of judgment on, like, well, we've always done it this way. We should continue to do it this way. Or like, we don't play video games in this house or whatever it is. I don't want to watch that show with you. I think there's value in sometimes being like, okay, I'm going to go like watch their show with them. I'm going to go sit in their room with them and bring a snack to them and like connect with them. See if they need any help with their homework or like, I think a a little bit of it is um, lowering the expectations of what it should look like. Mm. Um, And I also think as far as communication is concerned, something that comes up a lot with my parents clients is that, um, especially if you had challenges as a teen. So I see this for myself as my girls get older being something that I will continue to work on in myself. 
um, projecting your experience onto them. So yes. I was wild, as I mentioned, I was a wild teenager. Um, <laughs> and I also had like a very serious boyfriend, my freshman year of high school who totally broke my heart, which is why I went to Italy mm. and, you know, like really yeah. changed the course of my life. And so I know going, because I've, I've parented through adolescence with my stepson and he was not a girl and he was not my own child, but projecting the, my experiences in teen years onto what they're bringing to me, it really puts a, it's, it's not a um, pathway to open communication because it's very easy to jump to conclusions to say like, oh no, that's a terrible idea. Oh no, you can't go to that party. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> you know, all of those yeah. things Right. to constantly be looking for, are they lying to me? Did they, did they go somewhere they weren't supposed to in my own experience? Um, is this boy going to break their heart? Like all of those things when like, they're a totally different person than you were. They have a totally different path than you and they will have a different life experience. Yes. And you don't have complete control over it. <laughs> Very true. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it, it is a good point because I, and it goes back to the whole, you want, you want to be able to control everything, right? Like as, because you're so used to doing that with like younger children. Mm -hmm. And so then it's like, oh, now all of a sudden you're supposed to like, let go some, you know, and trying to mm -hmm. figure out that fine line and what is that so that they can still grow, but you're not giving them too much rope. You know, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a constant battle. Right. And so, um, looking back, like for you, um, did you feel like, like, is there something that like your parents could have done differently? Not to say that they were bad parents, but like, just knowing what you know and working with teens that, that might've helped you a little bit. Yeah. I've, I've thought about this a lot. Um, and I think a large part of my challenges were, were, um, the environment that I grew, not my family environment as much, but my social environment. I grew up in a really small town. Like there weren't really options for different, different, there was like one cool group, you know, and I really wanted to be cool. So, yeah. um, so that's something that like, I don't live there anymore. I have moved to a larger place. My yeah. kids will go to a larger high school. Um, I look at my friends who still live there and have children and I have anxiety about it for them, even though they may have a different path than me. So, mm. um, I do think that I also think, um, my parents were, were very open-minded in a lot of ways, but they were also very traditional in a lot of ways. Um, and I see the value in being, I mean, they mostly had conversations with me and didn't just yell at me and ground me when I did bad things. But, um, I see, I see a lot of value in, in continuing to grow the connection and the conversation and the parent is always the parent. I never ad would advocate for friend, same level relationship between parent and teen. And, um, knowing that your parents kind of believe in you and have your back is also important. 
Yeah, I agree. I guess the thing is, is like, um, it's, I get, it's like if they're really struggling with the kids are doing something that they really are against, it's like, how do you support them though with when you don't agree with them? Like, it's like finding that balance of they don't, they're not going to approve of what you're doing. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. but then giving them, uh, I don't know, some, some rope, right. Like to figure themselves Mm -hmm. out. So like, what do you do in that situation when you're very much like what they want to do is like kind of against your core values you might have as a family. And, um, but then not just being so like, uh, on top of them and controlling them that then they want to do things and then completely hide what they're doing and then end up lying and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I think there is, that is the challenge of parenting teens. And I think there is, you know, some, some teens are going to push things a little bit further than other teens. Um, you know, I definitely did that. My sister did not, my brother did not as much. And so I think as a parent, letting your teen know that you'll always love them. You don't necessarily agree with their choices. And I think the the challenge that you brought up is when you're not agreeing with their choices, so you're not allowing them, the chances are very likely that they're going to do it and lie to you about it because that's like, they want to do it. It's in their, in their soul. And so another thing that I think is just really important to always keep in mind when you're parenting teens or adolescence is that it is a phase and it's a necessary phase and it's a challenging phase and it happens in all mammals. Like it's, it's this push pull separating from the family. Um, and it's what we do to become successful adults. It's how we grow and change. And so I think something that I've observed in myself with my stepson, for example, is I, because I think partly because he's not, you know, my child, I still struggle with seeing him as a 24 year old who has changed a lot from that 16 year old who we really struggled with. Mm. And so, but like, when I think about when I'm working on that and myself, and I think about my parents, I'm like, oh, at 24, they weren't still judging me for the decisions that I made at 16, because like they're, they were with me through each other stage that I went through. And so I think it can feel really all consuming during adolescence as a parent to um, feel like this is going to last forever. And these poor decisions are going to mean that they're going to be like on the streets or they're going to whatever, whatever your worst case scenario is. It's easy to go there. And when we look at the facts, sometimes occasionally that's true. But for the most part, adolescents make mistakes. They go against what their parents want them to do. And then they learn lessons. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it can feel scary, but it's also necessary. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. Okay, so we're getting close to the end. And I wanted to ask you about friendships. And um, so, for example, for me, what I deal with, with my oldest is that she's super shy. So there's this part of me that just wants to like go in and help her. You know, because I'm like, oh my gosh, she's going to be by herself. Is she going to ever have friends? I don't know. And so um, what is your thoughts with making friends, especially with shy kids or just, you know, 
you're going into different schools and, you know, it's like, there's a part of me that knows, okay, don't push her. This is her personality. Like, so let her figure this out. You know, I, like, I obviously support her and try to encourage her and, um, especially with things in regards to being shy and like having to help her where I don't even have to help my other daughter who's younger. She would just go and talk to people. So right. Mm -hmm. Different personalities, different children, you have Mm -hmm. to help them with different skills. Um, Mm -hmm. but for me, it's like, I'm like, is this my issue that like, she may not have friends and like, or like, or is this, you know, is this really her issue? And I'm worried about that. Like, I don't know. I think my mom heart is like, I don't want her to be by herself. Um, and not have like close friends, but at the same time, I don't want to push her. And then I'm like, but does she even care? Do I care more than she does? So I don't know. What is your thoughts on that? Yeah, that is, I think those questions that you're asking yourself are are so important because sometimes I have, um, you know, moms will call and be like, my teen needs help. And I, oh my gosh, this, that, and the other thing. And when I have a call with the teen, um, they're like, you know, it's I'm fine. okay. Like yeah. I'm okay. And, <laughs> yeah. and I can, I can tell sometimes I continue to work with them like through for, you know, however long we work together. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, they, they are pretty okay. But the mom is really struggling with yes. a transition or yeah. with a, like with desiring something for them that they don't even necessarily desire for themselves. And so I think it is like, that's where I'm going to come back to the like anchoring and really checking in with yourself and connecting with yourself and continuing to connect with her as well. I think, I mean, friends can be very complicated. Sometimes they're very amazing. And oftentimes in this age group of girls, they're also extremely hurtful and challenging. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So let me just like interject here. I do see that. Like I see there's a lot of drama and part of me is kind of like, well, maybe this is kind of a blessing that she's not in this mess. But then I'm at the same time, I'm like, yes, but I don't want her to be sitting by herself, not talking to anybody or having anybody to hang out with. So it's this balance that I'm like, oh, it does seem insane. So maybe this is good, but I don't know. So yeah. Okay. So I, I, I love that because that is a, that is a, um, a dilemma I run into in my own mind when I'm thinking about this for her. Yeah. And I think like when, if, if there's, well, a couple things like middle school is just a really hard time. Oftentimes kids who maybe don't, you don't think they're thriving as much in middle school when they get to high school, like that's when they find their people. That's mm. what I've noticed in working with oh. um, girls is that Good like there's something about the change to high school. Usually there's a few more kids. Yeah. Things right. are just different. And usually kids who maybe don't or don't have as many friends, like in high school, they find their place. Okay. That's what I've kind of noticed. Yes. Um, and honestly, like some stuff that happens in middle school with girls is not, it's, I don't know. I have seen clients, girls who are like, I love my friends, but they're so, it's so drama, so much drama with them that I would just rather hang out with my boyfriend. Oh yeah, that's true. Yep. Yep. And so it's definitely like, it's checking in with yourself and saying, is this because she is sad that she wants more friends and she's Mm. expressing that Mm -hmm. because then yeah, support her in finding in, in maybe, you know, volleyball, whatever it is. But if she's, okay and she's not coming to you with that or when you're talking to her that's not coming up yeah maybe just look at that in yourself and 
I know for me, that was, that would be something I'd be concerned about too. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to say, is that because I want her to have friends or because she wants to have more friends? Right. Right. And I do think it's a little bit of a balance, but I will say that I, I do want to be careful with pushing her because I don't want to push her into just hanging out with anybody, um, Mm -hmm. just to have friends, right? Like Mm -hmm. there are some great girls, but I don't really, um, our family values don't really align with their family values. And so even though she was close to them, even if she was close to them, they just may be allowed to do certain things that I'm not really ready for her to do. So even that you could run into Mm -hmm. situations or there's some girls that are totally boy crazy. And I'm like, okay, so I'm kind of glad that she's not like doing that because in some ways then it it's making my life simpler. Right. So, so I, it's just this, again, it's this balance of trying to figure out, like could be a blessing in disguise, even though you're, you're like, wait, but she doesn't have as many friends as I would like her to have, but it could also be protecting her and not pulling her into this whole drama when she's already like dealing with volleyball in this specific situation all the homework that's coming. So she doesn't need all that drama to be adding. I mean, that would only just push her even further to like getting frustrated and all that stuff. Um, but I do like that, like checking in and um, I guess believing what they're saying, right? Like if they're saying they're fine and they're okay to kind of, I don't know, do you have any suggestions of really trying to figure out like, are they telling you the truth? Because they also are preteens, teens talking to their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think if, if something, uh, I would say like, if they say I'm fine, that's usually, uh, not necessarily like the truth. <laughs> um, and they don't really want to talk to you. So that's those times that you find, um, those little moments where you can connect with them and, you know, not pressure them into like asking the hard questions, but just trying to connect with them. And I, I think most, moms who are really connected to themselves first and to their daughters can feel if if like when you talk about like oh well who have you been hanging out with at lunch and or what however you ask that you know if if they if if your daughter's desire is like oh my gosh I don't have any friends lunch is so terrible I hate being at school because I don't have anyone to hang out with even if she says fine you'd probably get that sense Mm, versus if she's like yeah like I don't have any like close friends but I eat lunch with people and like those girls are doing things that I don't really like and I'm okay with like not being super close to them like you would Mm. probably get that sense too yeah that makes sense yeah okay so as we close is there anything else that you wanted to add that we didn't touch on that you might think okay this might be good to mention so I just, the only thing is that I didn't quite finish my three steps to listening without judgment. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go back. So the first one is to clarify, which we talked about. What do they want from you in that situation? And then the second one is to like take a deep breath because we're so used to as moms jumping in and fixing. So if they've said, like, I just want you to listen, that's your chance to take a breath and like open your heart and your mind and be curious and, and breathe so that you're regulated and you're not trying to jump in and fix. And then the final one is to accept their process. So that doesn't Mm. mean you accept like, 
their answer or their like what their like the, the issue it just means that you're like accepting that they have a way of processing things and that's okay and you can be there with them in it yeah I like that yeah because they think that is the one of the like a lot of moms are like well like I try to connect with them and I try to listen to them but they have such crazy ideas or they're the, the things that they're saying or the way that they want to solve the problem doesn't make sense. How do I listen without like immediately going into fixing or judging? Oh yeah. So it's really like taking a calm moment and, and knowing that this, this different style of process that they have to solve a problem is the way that they're learning how to do that on their own without your constant help. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So is there anything else that like you wanted to touch on that you are like, you know what, this would be really good to end on? Or do you think we kind of cover, I mean, I know we didn't cover everything. Uh, We'd be here for hours. Uh, Anything (laughs) else though, before we we wrap it up? Yeah. I just mentioned it like in that last, uh, right before I finished the three Mm -hmm. steps of listening without judgment, but it's really that connection to self piece. We talked about and anchoring to self, like we can only be as connected to our children and our loved ones as we are to ourselves. And so I think it's very important for moms of all children ages, but especially at this age with the mental challenges that we discussed to really connect to, to self and stay present and connected with yourself so that you can meet your kids where they are and what they need. I love that. Okay. So where can people find you? And then I'm also going to put that in the show notes as well so that people can go back and look at that. Cause I know a lot of times people are driving, working out, but feel free to share where they can find you at. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at Elise Knox connection coach, and that's where like the main social media place that I hang out. And then my website is elisenox.com and you can find all of my, like how to work with me and all of that there. Perfect. Well, Elise, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was so great talking with you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more on how to work with me, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching. See you there. 